0: Welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your
1: co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey everybody, welcome back to your favorite podcast where a couple break down horror movies thematically by month. I am Cindy and with me as always... It's Josh. Hi. Uh, This month we are breaking down (laughs) the first day of school. It's just back 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 to school. school. Back to school. school. We did the faculty last week. We did uh, battle royale. Battle. I was thinking. You. I was about to say the descent because that movie. When I think about ones we've seen recently, still scares me. (laughs) What are we watching today, Josh? Today
0: is jennifer's body a movie that oh. people are only now coming around to being like it's okay or my, it's good
1: a mo- another movie that my son has an odd obsession with <laughs> this is normal totally normal right
0: <laughs> we're just going through all of his favorite movies
1: yeah midsummer next last up month. will be
0: next up will be x not really
1: no please don't uh
0: so jennifer's body okay. came out in 2009 what was like what was what was you
1: doing, is what I was going to say. Uh, what was you doing? So, 2009,
0: <clears throat> yep. I was working at Children's Home Society, and I would just gone back to get my undergraduate degree, finally, because I had dropped out of Marshall. So, I was like, in 2009, I was back at West Virginia State. Okay. Um, getting that, Finally getting my much-coveted communications degree that I've never used, ever.
1: A, yeah. Um, I know people Yay. who have that degree and it's don't use it fucking as well. Pointless. It's a pointless degree.
0: Um, I enjoyed my time there, though. I, you know, But 2009, uh, how about you? 2009,
1: um, I believe that is when we bought this house. Uh, so I think that, honestly, in 2009, I was living in my in-law's attic in a big one-room, unair conditioned studio apartment, with a four-year-old it was a time that's exciting it was sounds terrible it was it was definitely a time in my life um so 2000 it's
0: funny like pre the end of obama beginning of trump how like not every day was a major event
1: mm-hmm. so
0: <laughs> you go back to 2009 you're like oh there's like four things um, it's when Bitcoin became a thing, uh, it was the really first that early Obama inauguration. And there was a swine flu outbreak. Um, I, so I went to the first Obama inauguration. We stayed up all night in a um, very
1: detailed and well thought out plan. We or... just
0: decided to go at three in the morning got it. Uh, after some of us had been doing drugs and we drove, we left at like four and we drove straight to DC, got there at like 11 were totally unprepared. It was cold as fuck. Didn't have any, like, we had jackets,
1: but didn't have any gloves, didn't have any hats. Your story, your side of this story is still not as funny as Nathan's side of this story. Well, so, my middle
0: brother, we like my, so my baby brother. So, the brother Sap and brothers
1: all lived together at one point in a crazy house. <laughs> well, both for the first 18 years of all their lives, but also as young adults. Yeah. And the stories that come from this time period make uh the wives meaning myself and nathan's wife go oh my god yeah we oh i remember <laughs> waking
0: nathan up because he couldn't go there wasn't enough room in a car also he had like
1: a job job yeah he? well
0: we all had job jo- jason quit his job to do this trip is it the speedway he job he worked at speedway and he was like i oh, fuck it i quit um i'm gonna go to obama yeah so we just decided to go on the spur of the moment and it was morris my brother uh anthony uh jason <laughs> And then I woke Nathan up at, like, 4 in the morning, and I was like, hey, man. And he's like, what, what? And I was like, we're going to Obama's inauguration. And he went, get the fuck out of my room.
1: So then in the morning, he wakes up to a completely empty house. He calls me
0: at, like, 10 o'clock in the morning, and he's like, dude, where are you? I'm like, dude, we're on our way to Obama's inauguration.
1: <laughs> you did that?
0: And he's like, dude, for real? <laughs> <laughs> That's it, for real? Like, yeah, dude. I told you we were going. So uh, we went. We were up for, like, all day um drove back got back at like six in the morning the next day we were up for like over 24 hours uh kind of we were falling asleep in the car anthony was like driving and sleeping somebody did fall asleep he was falling asleep and we were going off it was wild we almost fucking died
1: um but memories (laughs) um it makes for a fun story to scare your significant other with yeah yeah so speaking of um 2009
0: did die uh that was the year that we lost michael jackson Fara Fawcett, uh, B. Arthur, Patrick Swayze, Brittany Murphy, David mm. Carradine, and John Hughes. I don't think
1: we talk about the loss of Brittany Murphy enough.
0: It was wild. It and was it came out of very nowhere.
1: strange. I still find it very strange. The whole thing is very odd, but okay. Um, but you know what? I don't remember where I
0: was when I found out. Where were you when you found out about Michael Jackson? I was working at. I remember exactly where I was standing at the old Children's Home Society shelter when I found out Michael Jackson was bad. Because I was like, oh, that's like a thing. That's huge. Like, that was wild. Yeah. But, like, I don't, like, Brady Murphy was crazy and it it was was a tragedy. But, like, I I remember, like, I'm I'm not equating them. Mm-hmm. Um, but like my, Uh-oh. my parents will be like, oh, like when so-and-so died, like when John Kennedy died, I remember like exactly what I was like, I remember exactly what was happening whenever, nah. uh, Michael Jackson died. Cause nah. I, we were, we had it on the news cause there was like a tsunami that was supposed to hit Hawaii. Oh, I was
1: teaching. I mean, I,
0: and we just had it on the news and they were like, boom, Michael Jackson did. And we're like, holy shit. Yeah. Where did that come from? Um, so yeah. Um. Yeah. I should remember, but I don't. New word for that year? Mm-hmm.
1: This tells you what is the this, future has. Is this
0: Chad? No, what is it? Alt-right.
1: Oh, America, you you <sighs> know not what you say.
0: Yeah, because like the... Uh, the
1: I I know. That
0: was the election that they were like, I guess we got to get crazier.
1: And boy, did they. Um,
0: so the the movies that came out that year to compare this against are Inglorious Bastards... Coraline, avatar the hangover watchman star trek God, The hangover was yeah the star trek remake kind of remake district 9 up Zombieland, land orphan friday the 13th remake the road and law-abiding citizen that was from my mom because mm. my mom loves that fucking movie
1: oh um so there you go there were some pretty good movies that year
0: yeah, yeah it, was, it was a good bad year not a bad, year. Year, not a a bad year, year
1: all in all
0: um so jennifer's body here's what i know about jennifer's body
1: it stars Megan Fox.
0: That's all I know. <laughs> That's why everyone hated it.
1: When everybody talks about Jennifer, about Megan Fox, they go, you know, star of Jennifer's body. Um, or Jennifer's body, you know, with Megan Fox. Like, yeah, I don't...
0: It's weird how much people hated this movie when it came out because everyone wanted to hate Megan Fox. Because this came out right after Transformers when she was having that Michael Bay feud. And, like, the the internet was like, we're team Michael Bay. Oh. So they were ready to hate whatever she was in. I don't know about
1: any of this, but So... Okay. Well, she had,
0: like, if I remember correctly, and I'll make sure I do my due diligence for the back half of the podcast, <laughs> but I remember it was something like, she had said she felt like overly sexualized on Transformers. Yeah, I get Which that. is weird for a movie about toys. Right. Um, She's not wrong. And then Michael Bay was just kind of like, well, fuck it. I'll just replace you, because you're hard to work with anyway. And then yeah. the internet was like, fuck Megan Fox. And then, like, everyone was just ready to hate her. So when this movie came out, like, people just unnecessarily, I'm not saying it's like gone with the fuck gone with the one that movie's terrible but so it's not like citizen kane or i mean
1: i get it I get but it.
0: people were like ready to fucking hate they wanted a reason to hate this woman her for whatever
1: reason and they found it mm-hmm. so
0: um this movie is rated r it is one hour and 42
1: minutes long 12 minutes too long but i'll deal <laughs> it's on that
0: short short though compared to like a lot of the movies
1: Mhm. um mm-hmm.
0: it like i said it came out
1: september 18th okay of that year that would have been the start of my fourth year no second year at uh my current job my current school current currently um it is such a weird
0: creative team so it's directed by karen kusama um who we have talked about on this
1: the name rings a bell but tell me more uh she directed the invitation okay that was the an interesting,
0: amazing movie where those people. Was were that like, during
1: the pandemic that we watched that?
0: I think it's. I think we started the pandemic with it. We're like, I guess Maybe we're stuck that inside. Was Let's it. watch a movie by being stuck inside. Yeah. Um, she also did *Girl Fight* and *Destroyer*, and she's the creator of the *Yellow Jacket* show on Showtime. That ano- Ben's also I was going to say away.
1: another of yeah, my child's. Um, so I assume. If uh, we'd let him know, like, oh, that one person wrote all this, he'd be like, that oh, no, makes he's sense. of it. He's aware. Um, so that's I remember one where side. I, was, I remember where I was the day I learned that Jim Steinman <laughs> was the man who wrote all my favorite songs from Air Supply to Bonnie Tyler to Meatloaf. I had no idea it was one man. I was like, oh,
0: God. That's why you love makes it. Makes so perfect much. sense. Like, that's a, a, all one man's touch. It's true. Um, and it's written by, it's such a weird <laughs> opposite sensibility. It's written by Diablo Cody.
1: Who did uh, Juno? Yeah, like feminist writer, young and, adult, and Tully. Yeah, like okay,
0: Juno or Diablo Cody. It's such a weird like
1: mm-hmm. um, amalgamation so it's such a
0: weird of mix of like talents and talents. It's it's interesting. Okay, um, uh-huh, quickly huh. the cast we've already talked about. Megan Fox, um, she plays Jennifer, hence the body. Um Transformers, she was April o'neill in those Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies from the 2000s. Uh Amanda Seyfried is a character named Needy, her best friend. <laughs> Needy. Um okay. yeah, she's a Mean Girls, Dear John, uh miz and she's in Twin Peaks season 3.
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. We all knew her, she's, who Amanda she's Bobby's daughter. She's a... Oh, that's right. She's a troubled yeah. character. Uh,
0: we've got Adam Brody as Nikolai Wolf. Uh, he was in Ready or Not. He was the uh, the brother member in Ready or Not about okay. the family that plays oh, yeah, yeah. The, the one that was like, you're like, he's kind of a nice guy. Right. The one that didn't want to do it.
1: <laughs> I remember.
0: Um, he's also in The O.C. Uh, we've okay. got Johnny Simmons playing Chip Dove. Chip Dove. Chip Dove. Uh, he was in Scott Puckham versus the World. Uh, Love that movie. Perks of Being a Wallflower. Um, Good book. Also, keep an eye out for. Looking for it. Uh, Chris Pratt. Really? J.K. Simmons. Okay. And Amy Sedaris. They're
1: all hidden. They're all going to pop gems up this throughout movie? this
0: movie.
1: Amy Sedaris is an interesting name to bring up, but Just okay.
0: be aware, they're going to pop up at some point during this movie. Done. Um, so I uh, will give you the tagline while you look at the poster. All right.
1: This is the part of the program where Josh shows me an original poster from the movie, and I try to predict what we are about to watch. The tagline is she's evil and not just high school evil. All right, here we go. I'm going to say oh, let me tell you. It looks like uh <laughs> Of course Megan Fox is all tarted up. Um tarted up. <laughs> She's all tarted up. It's all like back to school teacher and like, hell yes. Except uh. she's
0: a student. Right.
1: <laughs> and there's like a man's, a man, a boy's hand in the desk. It opens up like it's 1955. We haven't had desks like that in many, many years. She's also got a, like, a, um, like a
0: skirt on, like it's a... Like the sweaty equivalent of like the 1950s look. So
1: I'm going to say that this is a movie about a girl who gets possessed. Like she sells her soul to become popular. And this is the story of what happens. And Amanda Seyfried, like, it's her best friend who's like, there's something wrong here. And this, and capers ensue.
0: And capers ensue.
1: Right. Okay. And I like that's why like she goes from being like a frumpy, normal, you know, student to Megan Foxworthy hot. And she's like evil and people who find out her secret she kills. No? Yes? Well, let's find out. All right. Where can we see this? On all the Um, platforms, I'm sure. It's on Max. Oh, okay. They don't say
0: HBO anymore. No. A whole box office. It's just Max. They go by
1: Max now. Yeah. Okay. Well, then join us, won't you? Mind the doors. (laughs) You and me are going out tonight. Wear something cute, okay?
0: You always do what Jennifer tells you to do.
1: It's just that I like the same things that she likes.
0: Hey, Jennifer. You look really pretty.
1: Why don't you just come by my place? What was random?
0: This isn't really your house, is it?
1: We can play mommy and daddy.
0: No way.
1: We always share your bed when we have slumber parties. Jennifer's evil. I
0: know. No, I mean, she's actually evil. Not high school evil.
1: Chip is looking really cute to me lately. How is he tasting these days?
0: You are never a good friend. You could have anybody that you want. Hi, Chip? You're killing people. No, I'm killing boys. I'm scared. Uh, you only murdered boys. I go both ways.
1: I will finish you if I have to. Okay, you can barely finish gym class. Well, Jennifer's body, everyone. Jennifer's body. We watched Jennifer's body.
0: Yes, um, I, I feel like I'm gonna Jennifer's body. I'm gonna say this out of the gate because mm-hmm. I feel like this needs to be said by mm-hmm. me because I feel like you're about to come out swinging.
1: Mm. No, I'm, no, I never come out with hate. Um, um, I just did. I was not a fan of this movie. Well, yes, but I I just want to <clears> say this for a myriad of reasons.
0: Every movie is someone's favorite movie.
1: That's right. And this one is one of my child's favorite movies. He loves this movie. He truly does.
0: Like, I know people that love, like, Microwave Massacre. Yeah.
1: Everybody's... Is that movie good? No. <laughs> but it's somebody's but favorite. someone loves it. That's right. And that's okay. So... That's okay. I did not enjoy this movie. Um, I don't know. Well, let's... Hold on. Let's, let's follow our proper procedures here. Yes.
0: Because I do want to talk about the one part of this movie I... Very specifically, didn't like. All right. Um, but let's talk about the plot. The plot of this movie. So we know that.
1: Um, a band comes into a small podunk town, sacrifices one of the popular girls.
0: Um, Mega Fox.
1: And in order for her to l- continue to live and be beautiful, she has to eat other humans. It's like a spin on a vampire, you're, sort of. You're missing a piece there. Oh, which so, piece am I missing?
0: The band comes to town specifically. Right? Um, they seem very rapey.
1: They, yes. Adam Brody
0: and they seem very rapey. Very
1: rapey, and
0: they're actually not rapey. They're Satanist. They're Satanists, and they are wanting to make a deal with the devil by sacrificing a virgin, and they pick Megan Fox.
1: Because she's that girl in high school who always talked to good game but never did anything. The Butter
0: Queen, which I thought was funny because, like, every small town has that thing where it's like, oh, she's the queen of the corn or whatever. Right. Oh, in yeah, Indiana, yeah. Um, West Virginia's like, oh, she's the coal festival queen. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, bingo Fox is definitely that character, but mm-hmm. she's... Very open that she is not a virgin. No. um, Except when talking to the Satanists.
1: Because she thinks that's what they want to hear.
0: Well, at first it's like, oh, no, like, I'm definitely a virgin.
1: Right. She wants to fuck one of them. And then later
0: she's like, I'm a virgin. I won't even know what to do with these dicks.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) I did forget about that part.
0: Um, So they sacrifice her Mm -hmm. and then there's the thing of like if you sacrifice a non-virgin to the devil oh right they become a succubus
1: that's it
0: that's why she's like she has to fuck everyone i forgot
1: the succubus part um
0: before she kills them right so that's that's that that uh and then she's got a best friend who
1: is named needy I didn't like that. Um, That's not a real name. Point of fact. Well, that's her nickname. Well, I noticed that like her last name is Niedermeyer. Yeah. And she's point of fact. But at no point is she called by her real name. Like even her boyfriend doesn't call her.
0: Do you know what I mean? Uh, It's Amanda Seyfried's character and she is point of fact very needy and uh, basically has she's like the best friend of the coolest girl at school and has lived in her shadow since they were like probably in, I think, preschool, kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the first time we see them hanging out, little, little kids. Yes. Um, and then they've grown up together, and one is the coolest girl in school who fucks everyone.
1: Megan And Fox the other one is, is
0: her needy best friend, who kind of is like the little fish that swims under the shark. Right. Um, and has her boyfriend, who is young. <laughs> I always remember so his as young awkward. Neil from uh, Scott Pilgrim. <laughs>
1: Is that who he was? he looked familiar.
0: Yeah, he's young Neil from Scott Pilgrim.
1: Couldn't place the face. The
0: one who like fills in for base whenever Scott Pilgrim appears. Yes, there. Young, young Neil. Neil. The Neil. end. he's like, "Young Neil, you've done really well. I will now just call you young Neil." Neil. No. No, he's just Neil and he's a like, cool. Um so and she just kills everyone in school that right. is cool. Well, I wouldn't say that. No, she kills, kills like this like star linebacker. She kills um That Indian dude, Mm -hmm. she kills uh, Needy's boyfriend, young Mm -hmm. Neil. Um, She goes on a tear, and then... She goes on a bender. She goes on a tear. She goes Uh, on a bender. And then, you know, we find out you can only kill her when she's weak, so Needy attacks her when she's in bed and stabs her and kills her. Um, Which is interesting because there was a huge undercurrent of, like
1: needy really being into killing uh into her sexually right. oh yeah right there was that kind of overlaid on there that is true uh there was i had i just had so many so I, where to start um i
0: feel like i will go first okay because my my complaints thoughts are about discombobulated movie, and i like, just wanted my complaints about this movie are very succinct
1: okay you succinctly explain and then i'll be like you know what you're right this I, is i why. like
0: the kill setups I like a lot of the actors in their parts.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: I I, mad MVP to Adam Brody, like just as a sleaze ball that runs the band. (laughs) He does a good job being a sleaze ball. Um, Agreed. Amanda Seyfried, I think, is low key the MVP of this movie.
1: She's definitely the protagonist. Um, Yeah, but also like in terms of
0: like acting, way more interesting than Megan Fox, I think. Yeah. In this movie. Um, Agreed. I love Karen Kusama, and especially, like, knowing what is to come from Karen Kusama, from, like, um, especially The Invitation. The thing I don't like about this movie is Diablo Cody. Yep, there it is. Um, uh, and, and, and here's the thing. I'm not saying Diablo Cody's bad. No, I'm just not, not saying your she's, cup of tea. It's just what how she has a very, 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 very distinctive writing voice. Mm-hmm. Like, some people... Like, you hear their dialogue, or you hear a movie they wrote, and you're like, oh, Quentin Tarantino wrote this movie. Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith wrote this
1: movie.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Della Cody wrote this movie. And for, like, quirky coming-of-age dramas, or, like, the movie she's made recently where it's, like, you know, um, people turning 40 and having existential crises, (laughs) and, like, you know, how am I I still cool? Like, That works for that. I think that, like the dialogue of just constant, like the overly cutesy, like totes my goats dialogue. Doesn't if work when someone's like ripping you apart
1: so much. Well, uh, I think for me, it just kind of comes to the things that I do not like about Diablo Cody are also to be 100% fair. The things I love about like Kevin Smith. I love the way that he makes his characters talk. I love that. That's not how people talk in the real world. That's how I wish people talked. And that's why I think I like it. Um, and I guess I just don't, I don't hear people in my world the way that Diablo Cody writes but them. Here's the, here's the thing. There's a and one it just to, really There's a one-to-one
0: comparison me. for this. Mm-hmm. Because the type of like dialogue, I would say the most Kevin Smith dialogue-y movie is either Mallrats. Mm-hmm. It may be the first half or first third of Chasing Amy. But like Morrat's is like I, I would say it's chasing Amy, but yeah, I get what you are saying. Peak Kevin Smithy like fucking Star Wars argument dialogue. Yeah, um, but he did a horror film. He's done a couple horror films, but very specifically, he did a very good horror film, in my opinion.
1: Not Tusk,
0: called Red State.
1: Oh yes, Red State.
0: Um, and he didn't do that right. It wasn't like like you it can didn't have, have that signature
1: dialogue. You, you can mean? have
0: the fun dialogue in the beginning when people are like hanging out with a cult. But, like, when people are getting shot and everything's going sideways and it's super violent and you think you're going to die, you're not going to go, so anyway, Return of the Jedi. Like, when the Empire blew up, when the the Star Destroyer blew up, like, oh, like, like, there's a time and a place for those things. And then I think it was too cutesy in moments that it shouldn't have been cute. Like, if she would have been like... Like toying with people like a kitten and then she she killed them.
1: Right. Like if that was kind of her. And then and then she was M.O. just a fucking
0: monster person mm-hmm. during the killing bits and then went back to being like, you know, oh, I'm like a fucking Juno character, that probably would have worked for me. It would have yeah, worked a lot but better.
1: Because it was just one note the whole way through.
0: Like the <clears throat> best example I can think of is when she attacks young Neil. <laughs> Remember, sexual character's You're name in this movie. you killing me with this. Um, I, I just
1: hell don't remember. He like so. Needy's she, boyfriend.
0: She, yeah. It's just easier for me to call him Young Neil. When she rises up out of the water, mm-hmm. he's like, "Oh my god, she can fly!" And Needy's like, "No, she can just levitate." And she's like, "You can't even give me this, bitch!" Like,
1: like oh, that's true. What? Yeah, I forgot about that part. Like, yeah, it's it. I didn't. Mm. So. That Diablo Cody Diablo is just not my cup of tea. I enjoyed Juno. Um, I didn't.
0: And and like, I think if you... It's a thing now, too, where like, when was the last time you saw Juno?
1: That's a good point. That's what I was going to say. It was like, but it's not a movie that I've seen more than... Well, I've seen pieces of it more than once, but I have not sat down to be like, let's rewatch Juno. I don't think it's a rewatchable movie. But when I first saw it, all the points that, like, all the set pieces hit. Does that make sense? All the big emotional pieces landed. Yes. And I, <clears throat> they didn't in this, in well, this and, film. And
0: here's the thing. We're talking about a movie that came out in 2009 with very 2009-specific dialogue and tropes.
1: And very low-cut genes.
0: Which is so, like, we're so many years removed from that. So, like, I think there's, Fair. like... A, I think... Some people watch this and they're like the campiness of it. I enjoy, like okay. they kind of look at it and view it in the same way that like we may look at like a Phantom of the Paradise, even though I fucking love. I was going to say you love um, that movie, but it's like an, it's it's very campy. Yeah, right. It's high camp, and I think there are people that view this movie the same way. I think I don't think this is a bad movie. I just don't think mm. this is a movie for me.
1: I don't. Th- I have so many. Issues. I think maybe that's, maybe it's just not a movie for me. I'm a teacher. I have taught through some pretty significant crises and issues. Little things like everybody was at school the next day. That doesn't happen.
0: Or. Oh, like when a massive fire happens. and Yeah. Burns and. Up like a, like a, several a pre- students.
1: Yeah. You're not in school the next day. You're definitely not. And if you are, it's not just everyone walking around talking. Uh the best the football player that is killed um his best friend is in school the next day and then that's how megan fox or jennifer gets him alone and it's like that that doesn't i can't doesn't happen i can no prize
0: that though that doesn't happen
1: i can no prize this why is that
0: and i think that what you're talking about makes Mm -hmm. more sense in 2023 than it does in 2009
1: no, because I taught them to... No, 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 no. Well, <laughs> hear, hear me out. Hear what I'm saying. Okay.
0: I don't think... Like, I don't think anything about this movie is realistic. I think this movie is meant to be, like, a hyper-reality. Okay. Um, And then in, t- in 2023...
1: To me, it read as a Gen Xer describing what our school situation was. That wasn't what it was. You know what I mean? It's not... Well,
0: yeah. But, like, in 2023... Okay. How many school shootings are there, and we just move on? The next we move on the, that afternoon. Yeah, right. So, I but I, not there. Well, no, not at that school. But do you think there'll be a point where that will happen? I hope not. Like, I, I do actually. I think either it will we will address the underlying problem of this thing, or it will literally become like human beings. And it's not a thing where, like, people will be like, oh, I can't. Like, people are fucking heartless. Like, you know, dead kids are washing up in, like, the Mediterranean and no one cares. It's like you can literally only deal with that for so much until you're like, well, I guess it's just the normal. And then you move on to the next thing that's fucking in-your-face tragic because Mm -hmm. that's the fucking world that we live in. Fair. So,
1: to me, that that. bothered me less. I get that, but I – yeah.
0: Like – I had less of a problem with them being back in school the next
1: day. I also had a problem with them like everyone just leaving the scene of the crime like when you, there's a fire that big, your car in the parking lot isn't just like hey, let's go in here and let's leave like where were the fire ambulance the the, the where were all those things where was like you can't get out because people are running and screaming and it little things like that those kind of I guess it was that would that be cinematography I didn't like I couldn't
0: I can also no prize this. Okay.
1: Listen to him. Just He's just trying to white male explain <laughs> it to me. I no. um, Go ahead, mansplain Jennifer's body to me. It's like you grew up
0: across the river from Philadelphia. Fair. Like growing up in a tiny... I like to
1: say I grew up in Philadelphia East.
0: Yeah, a tiny like rural town. By the river. Like... Other side of the river. We had a volunteer fire department. So do we. Right, like... But if there was like a, a like a massive tragedy, mm-hmm. like you were gonna get help,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: right. Like if if Larry was drunk, no one was driving the ambulance.
1: But see, that's a, because that's a part of small town life, part of living in that small town with seven thousand people. Because yeah, I am from New Jersey, but I'm from a little suburb, like little. And as soon as people hit like fifteen and sixteen, people started volunteering. Like that that was the thing. To be an EMS driver or a volunteer firefighter. It was like the thing to do. And even by the time I got to be in high school, it wasn't as big a thing. But there were still like four or five guys who were like the big pagers. What
0: year was this? are we talking about? 1990s. So we have a county. The 1990s. We have a county in West Virginia right now that actually physically touches canal county which the capital is in mm-hmm. where they don't have any emts so like if you have a heart attack they literally just have a dude who picks you up in an ambulance and then just drives you to charleston
1: he can't or drives he you can't out. can't provide any medical care no. to you
0: he can drive you to charleston or if it's an emergency he can drive you all the way out the road to the helipad at the fucking interstate and then someone will pick you up and then fly you back to charleston so Well, but... but,
1: mm, Okay.
0: But but here's the thing. I I don't know, and I don't think those things were, like, very... I don't think those things were deliberately put in the movie. I think I'm overlaying living in the poorest place in the country uh, because I live in, like, fucking Washington. Yeah. Which is a little bit better off, right, than West Virginia is. So, So I mean, I, I would say, like, in... It's literally a case of, like... It's just an easy way to explain, like why there's no cops in this town. Why, like the one cop I is fucking guess. Andy Dwyer, right? Right, It's fucking Star Lord. Or I, he's like the academy trainee. Like you don't really see any, like in a fire department. Like I don't think that necessarily makes sense. But in my head, I can make it make sense by being like,
1: well, like Chris Pratt's poor, but like Chris Pratt's character. It's said that he's a police cadet. Like that's his thing. But when this massive thing happens, he doesn't... I thought that that would come back. Does he burn up too? I don't don't know know. if he burns up or not. Like... There's no follow-up on what ends up happening to him. I feel
0: like there's a longer version of this movie. Maybe. Because...
1: There are some... Okay, Karen
0: Kusama does an incredibly good job at like filming the entire movie The Invitation in one location, right? We watch that. Right. It's all in one location, and she does a really, really good job of laying out the geography of the house. Right. But there are times in Jennifer's body where I'm like, characters seem to go left and then end up going right. Right. And the next shot, it's odd. Like, it, you know, I, I, I feel like th- this maybe movie it, had a ton of studio interference or something.
1: Possible. Um, I can see that.
0: And I don't know, like I was, don't know what it is, but it feels like this should have been a better movie than it, than ended it up was being. Right.
1: Um, I don't know if I was. Ex- I, that's a good way to put. Because I wasn't sure if I was expecting more and I was let down, or if I, I don't, I don't know. But continue. Okay. Uh, we were also talking while we were watching this movie that this is possibly the most exploitation movie that exploitation movies ever had. Yes. No, no,
0: no, that was a different that one. That
1: was a different... Well, but this one is right up there. <laughs> um, uh, we've got the Archon alert for next week's movie. <laughs> we've got action. Yes.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, this movie moves at a brisk pace. It, it's short.
1: I'm going to give it revolutionary because it's a new... Sp- like, I get it's a succubus, but you don't really... Fig- it's not really figured out what she is for a while whether she's been possessed or it's an alien thing or...
0: Well, talking about revolutionary, let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. Um, The thing that saved, I won't say saved this movie because I don't (laughs) think this movie is necessarily so bad that it required saving. Um, Clearly, people enjoy this movie. Obviously. But a big thing that jolted the reappraisal of this movie was the Me Too movement, right? Okay. Um, And people were like, oh, Jennifer's Body is like a movie that got critically reappraised. Because of Me Too, right? The idea of, like, yes, it's Satanist. Yes, they are trying to sacrifice her. But it has a very rapey tone to it. True. Right? And then, and I see this a lot, sadly, with what I do, where I work with, like, teenagers and young adults and and kids. And nine times out of ten, whenever you have a kid who has a dramatic um, personality shift, Mm -hmm. it's because they were sexually assaulted. Mm
1: Mm-hmm right yeah so um i get to believe that's what happened like which makes more sense that no there were satanists
0: i mean i guess you could say like having a succubus or demon uh, move into your body would fuck your shit up and make you have a total you know personality shift but sexual assault does that to a person Mm -hmm. because a lot of people either can't cope with that loss of like autonomy that feeling of like being violated on like a primal sense or like you know, not being able to defend yourself. Someone taking away, like, a piece of your identity. Um, so I could see how a reading of this movie, especially, like, we get to talking about Harvey Weinstein and everything that came out, and then, you know, the dominoes that kind of fell or place. didn't fall in the wake of that. Um, I can see where people would go, oh, like, Jennifer's body could be read as, you know... You could almost do it with the same thing with, like, you could do it with vampirism um, instead of being a succubus. The idea of sexual assault is this thing that just constantly, I don't want to say makes a monster out of a person, but, like, fundamentally changes who they are as a person, and then they're, you know, considered damaged by society, or they feel like they're damaged in a lot of cases. So, I just, I don't know, I think it was interesting.
1: I don't... The reason that I have pushback on that is because I don't feel like Jennifer was anybody's victim. She was the one, she was a fucking bitch and she was rude to people and mean and a bad friend and like, okay, yeah, she gets even on these guys who definitely need it and they're they kill her. But like, she was a dickhead to a lot of people and I don't cheer for her. Do you know what I mean? I don't cheer for oh she got him back. It was more like that fucking bitch. Yeah, no, I get that but I feel
0: like um the fundamental change in her is what causes her to like well, she does physically kill people. Right. But like she's not overly super terrible to her best friend until after the change. Mm. Like after the change goes on for a while. Um I think she's used to being the center of attention. Yeah. I think she's used to being like, it's me. Everyone pay attention to me. But I also like, if 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 you're looking at this movie as Amanda Seyfried's needy as the protagonist, and then I, I, I don't think Adam Brody's in the movie enough to be considered the antagonist. Yeah. No. Jennifer um, is. So she's the antagonist. Like, she basically. Through her actions, destroys the main character's life, mm-hmm. and then takes everything away from her that she's ever had by killing not only her boyfriend but the people in school, and then she has to like give up her freedom
1: in order to, to stop it from Jennifer, happening. Right
0: to kill her best friend. Um, yeah.
1: This movie was it. I I get it. Like I get why it was successful. I get. I get it. I just don't. It, yeah. I guess I'm. Too old for it? I don't. I guess yeah, this maybe? movie. You know what this movie reminds me a lot of?
0: What? Um, a movie that I like more. Um, this movie has very, 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 ginger snap vibes.
1: Okay. Like the Canadian Ooh, werewolf back movie. To season one about the, the sisters. right Yes, I believe that was October of season one,
0: where the one becomes a werewolf, right? And eats the boys. And then the other younger one is like well, you can't just eat people. Yes. Um and then it drives a wedge between them. And this has a I like ginger snaps more. I was going to say yes, but I, I think ginger snaps does it better. Um but I I don't know. It's I it's the same vibe. I just like it I, this movie's yeah. the, I don't think this movie's I don't for think me. it's executed well.
1: Yeah, that's all. You know. So that, that's um, kind of my wrap up of that. So Killing it was what it was. There's definitely killing. Tons of killing. Uh, they,
0: honestly, this is the only movie where, like, I think you could say yes, yes to oratory, oratory, but also, 100%. like, it works against the movie. correct? Right? Like, when Jennifer gets stabbed th- with a pull, uh, what are they called? A hook? or It's not a hook. It's like the uh, skimmer. Skimmer, yeah, the net thing. Um, when young Neil stabs her through. The stomach Mm -hmm. with it and she like pulls it out and then looks at Needy and is like, Do you got a tampon? Yeah. You look like you're plugging. And it's like I everything shouldn't like horror movies that do horror and comedy. The horror should be scary and the comedy should be funny. And the the scare sequences shouldn't build to a joke. Because then it's just a comedy. Right. Um that's violent. And it's whatever. And I'm I've really like glad it. this movie works for some people. I just, there were, I, I wish they would have pulled back on some of the cutesy dialogue during Agreed. the um, horror seconds. During statements. the horror part. Uh, so fantasy, Changed tone yes, a little bit. fornication. Yes to all. This movie's and very horny without being like sexy. And I don't think they did that well. I don't think they had any, I don't think anyone had any sex in this movie, did they? Yes! needy and her
1: boyfriend have awkward weird sex no i meant jennifer oh jennifer no i guess not she like talks a she good game.
0: builds up to fucking people and right. then kills them
1: right like so you yeah
0: in front of a menagerie of forest animals oh right they, so yeah. that's a thing
1: that is a thing
0: um yeah.
1: yeah what are we watching next week my dear well hold on oh i, I okay. want
0: to i just want to read you what karen kusama said about this script so she said she was blessed to read this script at a moment where the producers were meeting with directors, and it knocked me out. It was just so original, so imaginative. Uh, she said, "What? Um, that's what it is about the script in the world that it feels like a fairy tale gone psycho, and I think that's what most fairy tales actually started out as." Um, so I think she was coming at it from like it's a fairy tale movie, and Diablo Cody was very open about wanting to do a Lost Boys style movie, where the Lost Boys is so like masculine teenage boy gay okay and this movie's very like not that girl
1: teenage lesbian yeah
0: um
1: yeah yeah opposite for sure
0: so that was and then they were both aiming to do a movie that um Jella cody said that the director and her were both feminist and they wanted to just subvert the wh- classic horror model of women being terrorized um and she wanted to tell stories from a female's perspective i get it yeah so i
1: I wanted to love this movie.
0: Yeah. I do you think it's interesting that, like, no m- guy other than Adam Brody has any plot implications in this movie?
1: Yeah, they don't move things forward at all.
0: Right? They just exist. And in the, in the way that women traditionally exist in a lot of mm-hmm. movies, just as, like, an ex- as an accessory to a man. Right. Right? It's the idea of, like, It oh, was definitely a choice. Yeah. And, like, I... Yeah. Okay. I mean, I just... I... I want this movie to be more what I want this movie to be. And I don't think that's fair to the movie. I agree. But I think we're beating a dead horse at this I point, just, my dear. Yeah. Um, I will say I found this interesting that it came out in an interview that there, that the marketing department for this movie was all male. And Karen Kusama said that the, one of their marketing ideas was they wanted Megan Fox to do live chats on amateur porn sites about the movie. That's dumb. Like
1: yeah, they were trying to sell it as like a sexy worm. This this yeah. movie
0: was literally sold as like, do you want to see Megan Fox naked? Yeah, which you don't. Yeah, um, yeah. This is Megan Fox's favorite movie she's done. Uh, I her. believe this is Amanda Seyfried's favorite, favorite movie that she's done. Um,
1: Excellent. I'm glad they had a great time making it. That's phenomenal.
0: So you know, it is what it is. I just yeah. All right. Um. So we are going to end the month what are we
1: watching next week
0: well we watched a movie that your child loves so we're gonna watch a movie now that i love mm-hmm. um, we are going to finish the month with hello mary lou prom night Two.
1: <laughs> i think i only know that one from how did this get made but all right here we go <laughs>
0: um, that movie fucking rules i'm very excited to talk about it
1: well until then I'm Josh and I'm Cindy and I'm still his girlfriend.